Welcome to Dave's Daily Crypto Take. Today is Saturday, June 12th, 2021. Let's take a look at today's crypto prices. So according to CoinMarketCap, at number one, we got BTC Bitcoin at $35,618, down 4.5% in the daily hour. At number two, we got Ethereum at $2388 and down 3%. At number three, we got Tether at a dollar and just steady at 0.00%. At number four, we got BNB Binance Coin at $338.20, down 5.87%. Next up, we got number five at Cardano EDA at $1.43, down 5.6%. Number six, Dogecoin, 30 cents, 4.63%. At number seven, XRP, 82 cents, down 4.74%. And number eight, USD coin at a dollar, just hovering above 0.04%. And number nine, Polkadot, $20.54, down 9%. And rounding out at number 10, Uniswap at $21.37, 6.87% down. So today's uh, crypto news and alerts, we can take a look at article number one. Title is a Crypto Revolution in Argentina. So let's take a look. Argentina's economy is prime breeding ground for the crypto world, and the populist promise of cheap energy here is a crypto miner's dream. While Alberto Fernandez hogged the spotlight this week with his racist gaffe, a digital auction held by Sotheby's netted 17.1 million US dollars selling digital art, including a crypto punk known as COVID Alien that went for $11.75 million. Indeed, a new report indicated that Argentina ranked 21st in the world in realized Bitcoin gains last year with some 200 million USD. And as an economy minister, Martin Guzman dukes it out with Buenos Aires province governor, Axel Kicillof and vice president, Cristina Fernandez de Kirchner over energy subsidies in an electoral year. They've helped feed a boom in crypto mining given dirt cheap residential electricity costs. Despite the extreme volatility in the cryptocurrency market that saw Bitcoin's price surge 550% to a record above 60,000 US dollars in a matter of a few months, <clears throat> only to come crashing down below 35,000 US dollars just 13 days later, there's a crypto boom going on across the globe. Argentina's economy is prime breeding ground for the crypto world, stuck in a decades-long economic downturn with its consistent gusts of stagflation, administrations of all colors have relied on price freezes and currency controls to try and put a lid on inflation. Yet the destruction of purchasing power continues unabated, leading many to try and find their way into US dollars paying a massive premium for the so-called dollar blue. Currently at 58%, according to a report by Economic Daily, El Economista, Argentines hold some 130 billion US with a financial system estimated to represent about 8% of the actual physical stock of dollars in the world. 
and another 175 million US under the mattress, as we like to say. Cryptocurrencies are already being used to convert pesos into dollars, circumventing government restrictions through peer-to-peer -peer transactions at more competitive exchange rates, the aforementioned blue chip dollar. With said transactions rising from under 200,000 US dollars in late 2019 to 600,000 US dollars last year, according to data from Chain Analysis. In the heat of an electoral campaign, the ruling Frente Tedoros coalition is having an internal power struggle regarding the election of an economic plan. Guzman sought to reduce the fiscal deficit even in the midst of an explosive recession exacerbated by the latest bout of COVID-19 infections and deaths. Guzman is in Fernandez de Kirchner's crosshairs. She believes ex-president Maurizio Macri lost the elections by hiking public service bills during a recession. The populist promise of cheap energy has become a crypto miner's dream. Bitfirms or Bitfarms is a publicly traded Bitcoin mining company that announced it was ramping up its operations in Argentina from 60 megawatts to 210, sufficient to support approximately 55,000 new generation miners, which could generate approximately 650 million US in revenue. In the same statement, Bitfarms indicated that break-even cost of mining a Bitcoin in Quebec, Canada where they have operations, stood at 7,500 US in the fourth quarter of 2020, compared with an estimated $4,125 US in Argentina. If their facility was up and running at the time, electricity makes up about 75% of mining costs, which helps to explain the math behind paying for subsidized energy in pesos, only to turn around and offload Bitcoins and Ether the second largest cryptocurrency at a premium over the official dollar exchange rate. Argentina has over 20 crypto farms already with several taking advantage of cold weather in Patagonia to lower cooling costs. As most things in the crypto world, the latest craze has been NFTs, which stands for non-fungible tokens. The market grew explosively and of course crashed quickly. These NFTs are tied to pieces of digital content such as sports highlights or digital art, and then sold. The Sotheby's auction mentioned above followed a sale by rival auction house Christie's in March, which crowned an artist named Beeple as the third most expensive living artist, selling a single NFT for more than 69 million US dollars. Argentina's creative community reputed to be good and relatively cheap, has a big opportunity in the burgeoning world of NFTs, with several of them involved in major projects from the metaverse to digital museums. On the sports side, the Argentine Football Association, AFA, announced a partnership that will make the national team the first to issue its own token, joining a series of clubs including River Plate, Racing Club, and Rosario Central. All of these things appear to have flourished for a series of reasons beyond the proclivity to crisis and currency debasement that inherently makes every Argentine look for constant workarounds. The promise of a future payout has spurred a global crypto community into action. 
whether the technology will build the future money on or its carbon footprint will destroy us. The incentive to jump onto cryptocurrency projects goes hand in hand with a potential payday. Yet, one of the main benefits has been that Argentine regulators have yet to regulate the space. That's not expected to last as the central bank has already begun investigations into nine fintech firms for allegedly allowing depositors to earn interest on their crypto holdings. The National Securities Commission has joined the central bank in warning investors to be prudent in their cryptocurrency investments, and the AFIP tax agency has begun snooping around to see if it can take a cut too. There's a lot going on in the crypto world in Argentina, and until now, it has managed to fly below the radar to a certain extent. Not only are Bitcoin and the rest of crypto assets interesting from a standpoint of financial speculation, they've also created a massive hype that has brought along with its creativity and innovation. Argentina has once again a very real opportunity to be at the forefront. Hopefully, the political class doesn't notice anytime soon. So what an interesting first article for today. Speaking of central banks, let's look at article number two. Central banks are headed toward digital currencies. So let's take a look. The U.S. is starting a national conversation around a central bank digital currency, CBDC. So why it matters, several other countries have already experimented with or released early versions of CBDCs. Such a pivot could aid underbanked populations and help make banking and monetary policy more efficient. So what's the driving news? The Senate Banking Committee held a hearing on CBDC Wednesday led by Senator Elizabeth Warren. Now, the Federal Reserve is set to release a discussion paper next month on how it's thinking about a digital dollar. So how it would work? First, a CBDC is a digital version of the dollar. So its value wouldn't fluctuate versus a dollar since it is a dollar. Put simply, a CBDC is just a digital version of an existing currency that is issued, governed, and backed by the central bank. CBDCs would be recognized as legal money unlike Bitcoin. So what are the pros? It would enable more people to become more part of the banking system, reduce the cost to bank, and increase the rate of payments innovation. The Federal Reserve could also gain more precision over money supply, and lawmakers could distribute government assistance programs such as social security and food stamps to a wider undeserved group of the country. Now, a U.S. CBDC could also help maintain the global predominance of the dollar. Well, with the pros, there are also the cons. The cons are potential drawbacks include the traceability of digital payments, the non-anonymity of cash prof offers privacy. So security of financial data on hundreds of millions of people will not come easy. Financial institutions are also fearful banks could lose a large proportion of their deposit base. So what are they saying about it? Well, CBDCs are ultimately quite likely for many countries. Daryl Duffy of Stanford's Graduate School of Business tells Axios, Duffy was a witness at the Senate hearing. I'm not confident that they are actually necessary. That needs to be judged based on the best CBDC designs that will emerge, Duffy adds. So what's the state of play? 
More than 60 central banks have been looking into CBDCs since 2014, according to a PwC report from April. The Bahamas and mainland China have active trials dubbed the sand dollar and the digital yuan, respectively, that individuals can use as a form of digital cash. The Federal Reserve has been researching digital currencies since at least 2018, but at a less consistent pace compared to other central banks reviewed by PwC. So we got to be smart. While there is general agreement about what a CBDC is, countries are faced with hundreds of choices and decisions with respect to how they build their systems and in turn, what the long-term implications will be. So far, most observers have assumed that CBDCs will be account-based rather than being token-based like most existing cryptocurrencies. So what to watch? Lev Menand of Columbia Law School, who also testified, tells Axios he believes the pandemic highlighted the inequities and inefficiencies of current payment systems. It took far too long to distribute critical economic aid in April and May of last year, says Manand. Some experts also say that criminals may have stolen as much as $400 billion of unemployment benefits, Axios chief financial correspondent Felix Salmon reported. So Felix's thought bubble, well, digital currencies are still in their infancy, despite Bitcoin being 10 years old. I wouldn't expect to see a US CBDC this decade. So yes, central banks are headed toward digital currencies. When is your country gonna start it? Now, before moving on to article number three, I'd like to take time just to say thank you to my subscribers and thank you to all the new listeners and watchers of my channel. Again, this is Dave's Digital Crypto Take. Uh, I just started this new channel, so please like, subscribe, and share. Uh, all the support would be greatly appreciated, so thank you very much. Let's move on to article number three, and it says, one of my best ever investments were the 27-year-old billionaire founder of Ethereum made a staggering $4.3 million from his paltry investment of $25,000 in Dogecoin. He credits it all to Elon Musk. <clears throat> so the past few months or year has been the absolute worst for nearly everyone inhabiting planet Earth. Still, the same cannot be said for Ethereum creator Vitalik Buterin who became the youngest billionaire in the world at just 27 years old last May. He made $4 million recently, and that too from a $25,000 investment. In his recent appearance on the LEX Friedman podcast, Ethereum co-founder Vitalik Buderin revealed he just invested Dogecoin as he found the coin's logo interesting. Dogecoin was created in December 2013 and sought to capitalize on a popularity of the then-popular Shiba Inu-inspired dog meme. At the beginning, people didn't take it very seriously. I just remember thinking to myself, how am I going to explain to my mom that I just invested $25,000 into Dogecoin? Like, the only interesting thing about this coin is the logo of a dog somewhere. But of course... That was one of the best investments I have ever made, Buterin said. Vitalik made $4.3 million after selling half of its coin tokens. 
the sum was donated to the nonprofit organization, Give Directly. The Ethereum creator also thanked Elon Musk's for all his tweets around Dogecoins. So Dogecoin to the moon, the crypto joke coin has seen its market cap surge in the past year to around $40 billion. The Musk effect worked like magic and caused a rise of almost 800% in the price of Dogecoin in a single day. I immediately called up some of my friends and told them to drop everything and scramble. And I sold half of the Doge and I got 4.3 million. Donated the profits to give directly. And a few hours after I did this, the price dropped back from around 0.07 cents to 0.04. He also added that he only thought in this mind at this time was, oh my God, my Doge is worth like a lot. So when you take a look at this article, yes, Vitalik Buterin, he made a whopping, whopping uh, revenue and look at his investment of $25,000 all the way up to $4.3 million. That is just crazy. So next up, we got uh, article number four. Title reads, cryptocurrency is in a new Wild West phase. Things are really, really weird. So there's a flood of new tokens. Billions are on the line. Anonymity is commonplace. Everyone, creators, investors, hackers, promoters is cashing in. So Rick Astley, as he's known on Twitter, first learned about a new cryptocurrency called ASS, A-S-S, in mid-April. The 19-year-old college student in Puerto Rico has seen a post featuring the coin's creator, known online as Niv, and liked that she's spoken directly to the ASS community in a video called The Transparency of her showing her face, a rarity among the newest cop crop of digital tokens appealed to him. He turned into the whole GameStop MC stock fiasco back in January, which had gotten him interested in crypto. Plus, he said the coin's name sparked joy. He decided to buy some ass. Astley, who requested to remain pseudonymous due to his holdings, is not a big money guy, he said. He just bought $100 worth of ass, aka Australian Safe Shepherd, which got him 10 billion ass coins. At that time, the ass telegram group had just about 2,000 members. Today, it has nearly 48,000. And as of June 1st, Astley's ass holdings were worth $10,000, he said. It's life-changing, Astley said, but I haven't sold a bit. That's how much I believe in the project. While Asley's gains are huge for him, they're modest compared to what others have made in the DeFi or decentralized finance space. Most people have probably heard of Bitcoin and Ethereum, which have chugged along for years now, but 2021 has been the year of DeFi. DeFi can be described as a philosophy or a movement, but in practice today, it means new tokens like the Ask created on the Binance Smart Chain, a blockchain spun up by the cryptocurrency exchange Binance that is similar to the Ethereum, but less mature and with much lower fees. Sending and receiving BSC-based tokens is cheap, and so is creating them. 
John Jeffries, CMO and Chief Financial Analyst at blockchain forensics company CypherTrace, said a transaction that cost the company $30 to execute on Ethereum cost them $3 to do on BSC. This low cost has led to an explosion of new tokens that can be best described as financial shit spots as vying for critical mass and investors online. There are hundreds of thousands of BSC tokens in the wild right now, many of them with weird, funny, crude, anatomical, or even scatological names. Founders are often anonymous. There are billions of dollars on the line, and everyone from token creators to investors to hackers to social media promoters is trying to cash in. When ass is only the tip of the iceberg, things have gotten truly weird. A common trait among many DeFi tokens is that they shamelessly promise investors a huge return. They often rely on complex schemes and pragmatic tricks in an effort to pump their value. For example, SafeMoon, a DeFi token pro promoted by popular influencers, levies a tax on sellers and distributes a portion to holders. In the past year, people have become millionaires, at least on paper, or lost it all. As DeFi projects are born, go viral, and crash in a frothy market spectacular. BSC tokens are also relatively easy to make. You don't need to be an expert blockchain engineer to create the next ass. Take the creator of the scam token, who has transparent about having no idea what he was doing when he paid about $400 and clicked a few buttons to mint the coin. In fact, his candor and humor is what attracted people to the coin. Scam reached a $70 million market cap, the total snapshot value of all tokens in circulation, after launch and sat at $2.5 million in May, finally sinking to $353.428. No one told you to buy this shit, the creator, a TikToker who goes by Dre previously told Motherboard, it's called scam, you stupid mother. Mm. Many of the people behind DeFi projects simply clone established coins, said John Wu, president of Ava Labs, a company supporting the Avalanche blockchain. Those people cloning are not true developers who can make improvements and cut out things. That would devalue a project, he said meaning they often create vulnerable contracts that scammers can use to steal funds. So with all that market capitalization moving towards decentralized finance, that's exactly where the bad guys go. The available statistics on cybercrime in the world of DeFi illustrate how BSC tokens largely exist in a wild west full of potential dangers. According to CypherTrace's May 2021 crypto crime report, $156 million was stolen via DeFi-related hacks so far in 2021. Since the report came out, Jeffrey says they've seen another $152 million in DeFi hacks, about 70% of which took place on BSC. DeFi attacks and scams have accounted for more than 60% of the total major hack and theft volume in crypto 2021, according to CypherTrace, up from 25% in 2020. 
DeFi tokens made up 47% of the fraud and misappropriation volume per the report. Meanwhile, the block found that at least $370 million had been stolen through DeFi attacks over a year and half due to poorly coded contracts and a lack of auditing. It's been crazy, said Jeffries. With all that market capitalization moving towards decentralized finance, that's exactly where the bad guys go. All that market capitalization is quite a lot. If you look at BSC scan, you'll find a total of more than 555,500 BSC token contracts. The total value of loans on DeFi platforms on both Ethereum and BSC loans because some tokens ask users to lock up funds for a period of time in a bid to increase their value was around $86 billion in May, according to Reuters, a 650% increase from October 2020. So the market caps of individual tokens can fluctuate significantly. Astley said that shortly after he bought into ASS, he observed its market cap go from about $1 million to close to $90 million, before dropping back down and it's not slowing down. As of this now, total ass trading volume in the last 24 hours was higher than 2.5 million. These high numbers have made for some big individual gains, Astley said. He has a friend in the ass community who made $100,000 by buying ass and promptly lost $20,000 by playing with other meme coins. Suli, 32, the Netherlands, who requested using their name to protect their financial privacy, told Motherbird via Twitter DM that they initially invested around 500 US dollars in ass shortly after its creation. Now, after buying up more ass, their investment is up to seven digits. I didn't sell because I want to see everyone profiting from ass, said Suli. I'm waiting for a billion dollar market cap. It's not only coin creators and buyers who stand to profit in DeFi. Projects thrive or die based on how many investors they can rope in. And so coin promoters have been making bank too for posting incessantly about various projects on social platforms like Twitter, TikTok, and Twitch. The project creators pay them to do so. As TikTok coin promoter Pablo Jimen told Bloomberg, Creators pay them between $5,000 to $10,000 to shield their coins. A promoter with the Twitter handle Official Travlad told Motherboard via DM that they charge between 1.8 Binance coin, currently $732, for three social posts and 14 Binance coins, now $5,700 for a month of daily posts. I can do token descriptions highlight milestones such as holder count, exchange listings, developments, and so on, they wrote to Motherboard. Investors also participate in significant promotional efforts. In May, a massive Times Square billboard featured SafeMoon. A SafeMoon buyer had started a GoFundMe campaign to pay for it, and together, SafeMoon investors raised more than $16,000. Shared investment in these brand new coins tends to foster community among those who buy in. One SafeMoon holder, Lena Moon on Twitter, told Motherboard, I decided to do my part and spread positivity, debunk FUD, 
fear, uncertainty, doubt. Hype up the community and post daily updates so that the holders, HODL, and others can also understand the project. Asli said he's made a lot of friends through the Ask Telegram group. So for all the gains in both cryptocurrency and friendship, there are many perils in the DeFi space, particularly in the newer world of BSC tokens. Scammers can take advantage of vulnerabilities built into poorly coded smart card contracts, said Ava Labs Wu. Or if they're more skilled, said Jeffries, create their own smart contracts with malicious backdoors that facilitate future scamming. This is compounded by the fact that many DeFi projects have complex mechanisms, including lockups and loans. Flash loan attacks in which hackers exploit contracts where holders lend out funds without collateral because they expect their returns to happen instantly are a recurring problem. A flash loan attack caused BSC project Pancake Bunny's token price drop by 95% in May. The hackers walked away with about $45 million. Soon after, another BSC project, Booger Swap, succumbed to a flash loan attack in which hackers stole around $7 million. Because BSC is relatively new to the DeFi space, it's even less self-regulated than Ethereum where community members have placed restrictions on which projects can move forward. In BSC, said Wu, restrictions have been more lax. There are only a few companies that perform DeFi audits. They include Quantstamp and Open Zeppelin, and they can get overwhelmed by the sheer flood of activity. They simply can't keep up, said Jeffries. Even when these companies perform audits, they don't always catch every vulnerability. Some of these hacks that have seen have actually been audited, he said. This lack of serious oversight has also fostered a playground for whales, those with mass amounts of crypto or fiat money, who can buy essentially a controlling amount of a new token after it launches, giving them what Wu calls a disproportionate control over the system if they choose to sell, for example. Then there's the ubiquitous threat of rug pull scams where developers of a coin promote it until a bunch of people buy in. And then when the price is high, take out a vast majority of the assets backing or its liquidity pool. Though they're not stealing directly from the holders, they're removing what makes their assets liquid, leaving holders with basically useless coins. Other scams focus on impersonation. Several years ago, when Ethereum dominated the budding DeFi space, token creators would get up on stage to evangelize on behalf of their new coins, usually to promote their ICOs, initial coin offerings, of which may have since become rightly skeptical. Now, it's common for those involved in DeFi projects to remain anonymous or go purely by their online personas. This can lead to potentially dangerous pitfalls. When I messaged with Chef Hops, a member of decentralized exchange Pancake Swap's anonymous team on Telegram, I came across two other very similar handles that could have been easily mistaken for theirs. One just included an extra S. Unfortunately, Telegram is ripe with scammers mimicking people's accounts in order to try and rip off slightly more naive or new people. Chef Hops wrote to Motherboard, 
they scam. They say scammers will directly message people looking for help or guidance and pose as power figures, such as Telegram group admins like Hops. From there, they'll ask for the person's private keys or passphrase, which give the impersonator access to that person's crypto. Astley got scammed when someone impersonated him to claim a 250 billion ass coin giveaway. The scammer literally had the exact Twitter handle as mine, said Astley, but he changed the L. I have in my name to an uppercase letter L or I. Luckily for Astley, the person in charge of the giveaway still gave him his winnings. In spite of all the scams, inept coders and lack of audits, those involved in DeFi are holding out hope for a more stable future. DeFi is a great petri dish of genius. Experimentation and scams all rolled up in one, said Wu. Ultimately, in five to 10 years, it will replace a lot of traditional finance and will make financial services and products more accessible. In the meantime, ass holders like Asli and Suli are waiting for that 1 billion market cap before pulling their ass out of the market. What an interesting article we just read. All right, we're going to move on to our last article for the day. And it's an interesting title. It's called, Is It Too Late to Buy Bitcoin? Yes, everyone's question of the day. So did I miss my chance to buy Bitcoin at a good price? Is a question that goes through every, every investor's mind particularly investors who are just getting into the market. A little over a year ago, Bitcoin was less than $5,000 after the asset fell 18.3% in March 2020. And for a while, it seemed as though the world had pushed Bitcoin further down the list of things to worry about. This was when the pandemic had started its tremendous run. That still continues, might I add, and countries were going into lockdown one after the other. So analysts were giving varying predictions of how this would affect the financial markets, with some predicting a tremendous drop in the markets. And for a while, they were right. March saw the markets crashing and people losing large amounts of money in a matter of days, sometimes hours, but then May happened. So the chart above shows how Bitcoin started its recovery in April and May. It just kept going up and not looking back. Not long after Bitcoin was in the 10K range, and a lot of people thought, eh, they had missed the boat to buy Bitcoin. The Bitcoin went to 20K. Most people thought that it had missed the boat, and then it was too late. Same song and dance until it hit 60K. And back to where we are now at a little over 37K at the time of this writing. So question is, why you should buy Bitcoin? There are a number of reasons that could be given as good reasons for buying Bitcoin. Let's take a look. Number one, it is independent of other asset classes. Bitcoin is a new asset class. Given it's a digital currency, it's not subject to inflation or devaluation that's fiat currencies are. It is a good store of value. Bitcoin cannot be confiscated by authorities. So, there are a lot more other reasons, but these are just a little bit of what's been listed. So on to the question of why you should buy Bitcoin. And if it's too late to buy, a good argument is it always a good time to buy Bitcoin regardless of when the price is? Well, it will take a while to get there, but eventually that is the end game for it. 
So when you look at Bitcoin as a value on its own, one Bitcoin is equal to one Bitcoin, not one Bitcoin to 37K or whatever the fiat price is at the time you're reading this. It makes more sense to buy Bitcoin at whatever price it is. But on the other hand, why you should not buy Bitcoin? So listen to good reasons to buy Bitcoin and not pointing out of the downside Bitcoin would make this piece incomplete. So here are some reasons. One, the price fluctuates a lot. There is no real world application yet for it besides being an asset. It's subject to manipulation more than any other asset. Storage and security issues due to being a target for hackers. Bitcoin transactions are irreversible. So despite being about a decade old, the technology behind Bitcoin is still relatively new. Lots more reasons could be given for or against buying Bitcoin, but it is up to you to decide whether this is an asset you want to put your money into. So again, is it too late to buy Bitcoin? Speaking of Bitcoin and the price, let's finish up this daily crypto take by looking at the top 10 cryptocurrency prices. So at number one, again, at Bitcoin, $35,765. At number two, Ethereum, $2,400. Three, Tether at $1. Binance Coin at $343.71. Cardano at number five with $1.47. Dogecoin at number six, 31 cents. XRP at number seven with 83 cents. USD coin, number eight, a dollar. Polkadot at number nine, $20.89. And last, number 10, Uniswap at $21.67. And that wraps it up for the daily crypto take. Thank you so much to everyone for sticking around. Um, hopefully you enjoyed this episode. Hopefully you learned a lot. And yes, is it too late to buy Bitcoin? In my opinion, I don't think so. So again, I'd like to say thank you to everyone for listening. Uh, please subscribe, like, and comment. Uh, please share it if you can. I'd like to get this number of subscribers and people reaching my channel higher and higher. Without your help, uh, that's all I could ask for. So please go ahead and I'll see you tomorrow. So again, thank you so much. This is Dave's Daily Crypto Take and have a good one. Take care.